Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth. My name is Gloria Cotton. Today on this episode, we're going to be talking about how to be your own best friend and how to be your ally. This is really, really important to me. Um, I've done, uh, and I may have mentioned before, that I have written and facilitated workshops for years about being an ally. And I've been flying a lot uh, since I was 18 years old, actually. Um, And every flight I've ever been on, and if y'all travel, you know this too, uh, the flight attendant will say, you know what, as they're going through their spiel, they will say, put that mask on yourself first. And so, you know, many times I don't even pay attention because I know what they're going to say. That's not not good. That's not good. But I will. We know that, but knowing our and doing are two different things. This is really about putting the mask on yourself, taking care of yourself before you start taking care of other people. And here's why. When you are taking care of other people, but you are lacking, you're not able to give them your best. And so I want to talk about things that get in the way, what are some of the challenges to our being our own best ally, um, and what you can do about it. So that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. So putting that mask on yourself first, yes, we've all all heard it. Uh, Sometimes people will say, you can't put yourself before other people, um, and that when I tell you about yourself, that you're doing something that I think is selfish, people will say sometimes, they will tell you, don't take that feedback personally, or you're just too sensitive. So when people tell you, don't take it personally, or you're just too sensitive, I want y'all to know, I used to tell people that until I saw this wonderful movie The name of the movie, if y'all haven't seen it, y'all need to see this movie. The name of it is You've Got Mail with my boyfriend, not for real, Tom Hanks, and my girlfriend, not for real, Meg Ryan. And in this movie, Tom Hanks' family owns a big bookstore chain. Lord have mercy, they're going to disappear and you know, minute by minute nowadays, because I don't know about you, but I get everything on Kindle. I'm just saying. But okay, so I'm contributing to their demise. Same on me. Um, But he was telling her, here, this big company that has deeper pockets, they get better discounts, they get things faster, they can provide more than Meg Ryan could in her little shop around the corner, a bookstore that used to belong to her mother. So it's been established in the neighborhood for years. 
And there's a lot of emotion behind it. It's not just business. Tom Hanks tells her, don't take it personally that we're putting you out of business, okay? It's just business. And here's what she says. I'm paraphrasing. It's not personal to you because it's not happening to you. And you know what, y'all? I was a human resources leader at that time. And I thought about how many times I had told people about business decisions that impacted them that they shouldn't take it personally when it was personal. What's up with that? Or I told somebody you're too sensitive about something, which really meant I don't understand how you sensitive about that thing because I'm not sensitive. And then some judgment. You shouldn't be either. You know what? When you are standing up and for and speaking out for yourself, when you are being your own BFF, when you are being your own best ally, when people tell you things like that out of their own innocent ignorance, bless their little hearts, you can either speak to them or just smile and and say to them, I have to do what I have to do. Or thank you so much for that feedback. I see it a different way. It depends on the day what you say to them. Being your own best friend and being your ally means that, as I said, you stand up and and stand for and against anything that is not in your own best good, in your highest good. So it's not only you're standing for, you're also standing against the stuff that's hurtful and harmful. This is really important because sometimes we do things that hurt ourselves, y'all, in the name of goodness and sacrifice to others. So people are talking a lot about self-care, and they're usually talking about physically and sometimes emotionally. But I'm here to tell you that Self-care is about taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, intellectually, psychologically, and then spiritually. And by that, I don't mean the religious spirituality. I mean looking at your whole self, everything there is about you, honoring that, and then doing what's in your what? Highest good. Okay? So, As I'm going through this, think about which one or more of these five are you paying attention to when you have these challenges, when you're um, challenged to take care of yourself, to be your own best friend, to be your own ally? Which one of these are you um, massaging and promoting? Which one are you leaving by the wayside? Which one or more are people asking you to put aside and ignore? People who say sometimes, well, if you love me, you'll do this thing that hurts you. What's up with that? Love ought to feel like love. Do I have to suffer because you want some goodness? How about some goodness for me too? I remember saying uh, to my uh, husband when I was married, I said, baby, I want to support you. And I want to help you manifest your dream. But if living your dream means I'm living a nightmare, then I can't do that. So we need to really look at those things. Now, some people might say, "Uh uh-huh, I get it, Glow. That makes sense, taking care of yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Of course it does. Very few people are going to say that's a bad idea, but we don't do it. So I want to talk about three of the real reasons 
we don't take care of ourselves, why we don't speak up for others or for ourselves to others, why we don't even speak up for ourselves to ourselves sometimes, okay? And if this is not you, think about people that you know who may be, sometimes people are putting themselves down, but sometimes it's just people are uncomfortable with a compliment. Sometimes people will brush it off. Oh, that was nothing. You know, it's just what I do. So look at people who are uncomfortable standing still and just saying thank you and keeping it moving from that. So here's some of the challenges. I'm going to say all three of them, and then I'm going to go through each of them. First challenge. What are you talking about, Glow? Stop doing what I'm doing. Put the mask on myself. Shut down. Take care of myself. Go away. Do some exercise. Change the way I eat. Change what I'm listening to. Change the people I'm with. What are you talking about? I'm doing what makes my heart sing. I mean, it makes me feel good to do this. But, and watch those buts. Watch those buts. I'm doing what makes my heart sing, but... Sometimes it feels like heartache and heartbreak. You know there's an opportunity there for you. Reason number two, I don't want to disappoint others. That's a big one for me. I'm doing what I do that is my ministry. It's why I believe I'm here on the planet. So that's one thing. I love doing what I do. But a doctor told me one time, he said, Gloria, doing too much of what you love is still doing too much because I couldn't keep up the pace of the work that I was doing. It felt good. But then when I stopped, I collapsed. It wasn't just that I needed to relax. It was that or that I was tired. I was exhausted. And first it was physically. And then it got to me emotionally. And then it was intellectually. I wasn't as sharp when I was doing the work. So who was I really doing a disservice to? You don't want to disappoint others. I understand that. More about that. Number three is what I've been taught to do. I've been taught if I put myself first, it is selfish. And many of us have been taught that. You have to put everybody else before you. And these are things that we can be taught by word Or just what did we see, particularly in our early years, when we were uh, in our first and second formative years? First formative years are from birth to the time when you really start socializing with people outside your home. So usually when you go to nursery school, kindergarten, or first grade, so five to six years old. In the second formative years, when your personality is forming even more, is usually through high school. So when I say first and second formative years, that's what I mean. So it was either people that we admire and respect who are influencing us, telling us with words that we are being selfish, or we see that they're always putting others in front of themselves. And we learn to do by watching. And that happens particularly in our first formative years. We don't have the words that we can speak, but we see our mother, our father, our sisters, our brothers, our teachers doing these things. We admire and respect them. We want to duplicate that because we want to be as good as they are. All right. 
So as we're thinking about this, I want you to think about what is your self-thought about it? In other words, your mindset. What is your self-talk? What are you saying to yourself? And then what are you creating? What are you activating in your life? All right, let's go with number one. You know, Glow, I'm doing what makes my heart sing. I get fulfillment from this, but I already told y'all about what the doctor said. I was on my way to having a breakdown, either physical breakdown, I was going to get sick or physically or mentally and emotionally. I was on my way because I was just doing too much. If you're doing what makes your heart sing and it's making you sick, you need to rest your voice for a minute. Even artists who sing, they will not speak before a performance. They will wrap their voices up, or their throats up. They will be careful about what they're eating and drinking, uh, the drafts that they're in. All of those things, they are attending to their voices because that's what makes their heart sing. That's what we have to do. We have to look at how can I rest my gift, my talent, my voice, the investment that I'm making in other people, I need to refresh and nourish myself. I need to rehearse sometimes. And sometimes it might be as simple as singing in the shower. (laughs) It might mean learning something else, getting more information. So intellectually feeding myself, you have to take a break in order to do that. It might mean I need to speak with someone, a mentor or a coach or another best friend about something because emotionally this thing is impacting me. That's what I'm going through a lot with social injustice. And my work is about diversity and inclusion and equity. Many times I have to back away because I deal with so much violence and disrespect that is hard for me to stay in the zone of respecting myself and others while disrespect is going on so around me. So I have to take care of myself emotionally. Sometimes that means I'm not talking to anybody but me. Physically, what are you doing to move your body? Hello, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Y'all need to look at that video. That's hot. When they are crawling across the floor, I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I'd love to do that. Uh-huh. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, right. So what are you doing physically to take care of yourself? Are you getting your rest? There was a time during COVID, y'all, when I was sleeping like one and a half to two hours at a time at night. That's it. Do y'all know how unhealthy that is? If you are not sleeping, whatever's your best sleep, some people have to have eight hours. See, I wake up like I've been drugged if I have eight hours. That's way too much for me. Five to six hours is enough for me. And I've been getting that lately. But all of last year, I was sleeping one and a half to five, um, one and a half to two hours only because I had the weight that I was putting on myself about social injustice, not helping anybody because it was what made my heart sing. Are y'all with me? Okay. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you are looking at what's being sacrificed while you are out there singing. When you start hitting those off notes, it is not a pretty sound. Okay. Take care of yourself. Second thing, I don't want to disappoint others. Okay. Here's what um, the CEO of my firm that I work with most often, Inquest Consulting, Scott Holzman, he and I have known one another 
for more than 20 years. And here's what he said to me, because I'm working differently with people now. I take Fridays off, for instance. It's part of my self-care that I have to do it, and I'm in a position where I can. He said to me, Gloria, because he won't call me Glow, it's all right. He said, Gloria, what have you trained us to expect of you? And I had to look at that. I have trained people. If you're on that short list of people, first of all, you can call me anytime, day or night. You can wake me up. Whatever I have to do to move things around on my calendar, even if it's sacrificing my personal stuff, I will do it because I don't want to disappoint you, particularly when when I'm working with you or being with you, it's stuff that makes my heart sing. Do you see how these things work together to get you to a place where you're about to lose your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, your psychological health, or your spiritual health? It ain't nothing good. So here's what he said. You have trained us to expect that you will do whatever we ask you to do. We don't want you sacrificing yourself. Please retrain us. Listen to that, y'all. You want to surround yourself with people who will say that to you, first of all. These are people who are invested in you. They're not just sucking the life out of you, okay? They're not pimping your brain. These are people who are really invested in you. And if you don't have those people, you have to invest in yourself. Think about where you need to begin. It may be what's draining the most or distracting you the most or where you are, yes, I'm excited and then I'm exhausted. What do you need to change about what you're doing, how you're doing it, where you're doing it, who you're doing it with? And then create your action plan. How are you going to let people know? Because if you've trained them, then you change the menu or you change uh, the playlist. <laughs> You've got to let people know. Look at here. I'm putting in a different genre right now. Okay. I was listening to jazz before, but now it's time for country western. What can I tell you? So what it is, I got to throw on some gospel or some opera, whatever. Just let them know. And then because here is the deal. When you are investing in yourself, your product, your performance, your interaction with other people is going to be better because you're firing on all cylinders. You're not working from a deficit. If you are a car, if you were a car, you're, you would have had your tune-up, <laughs> your tank is full, you're not driving on fumes, you know? I, I told my boyfriend, I said, Bobo, you know what? You <laughs> Bless your heart, you're like a Maserati, which is my favorite car. I don't have it yet, but I'm going to. You're like a Maserati, but baby, if you don't get those tune-ups, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to be one of the most expensive hunk of junks sitting on the side of the road ever. That is not what you want to do, people, where people say, oh, you know, they were so good. Mm -hmm. But now they have either collapsed or maybe you left the planet or something. You left the building. Third thing is what I've been taught to do. Otherwise, by word or deed, I've been led to believe that I'm being selfish. Think about who gave and who is giving you those messages. 
Think about your early messages, the things that were said to you, the things that now you say consciously or unconsciously to yourself and to others, people you might be influencing with that same message that is not in your highest good. Think about what messages were they taught. And that goes into how they grew up, the time that they grew up, the generation that they are. Different generations were given different messages. Um, And some generations were taught you cannot speak up for yourself. Y'all may not have ever heard children should be seen and not heard. That was a big deal for my parents. They were told by my loving grandparents that. And so they told me that, of course, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, this ain't gonna work for me. So I had to find my voice in a way that wouldn't get me killed (laughs) with my parents. Hello, Dara, you don't try that stuff in my house. But I found my voice. Do you have your voice? Do you have your mind? With respect, what conversation do you need to have with these people? Preparing them again, letting them know, because it's usually people who love you, who have given you, been the role models for you. Usually they are. And so because they love you, You want to build on that. Let them know how it's in your best interest. And you know what? How they can support you. And they might just learn. They might just learn to at last have their own voice. It's been really, really hard for me sometimes looking at people who are uh, 70, 80 years old, who have just lived a life of obligation and never experienced joy. That is not what, or living the rules that somebody else set for them. I'm committed to myself. I love myself enough that that's not going to be, even when, even when the investment feels like a sacrifice because I'm losing. Remember, an investment is something that you're benefiting from and it feels like it. An investment feels like love. So that when you're making that investment in somebody else's life, you're doing something, delaying, putting aside something that's for you. Not only does it feel good, but it benefits you in those five ways, physically, intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. All of those cylinders have to be firing. And then the last thing I want you to do is find an accountability partner. Somebody who will hold your feet to the fire. Somebody who will tell you, listen, you said you were going to do this. Have you done it? And with love, they will get in your mess. That is, they will tell you when you're messing up. So I just want to acknowledge two people in my life. (laughs) And so here's what I've told them. I said, you are two people that are grown, I'm going to say a bad word, grown-ass women (laughs) who will tell me what to do and I will allow you to do it. My personality is I'm going to do what I want to do, okay? (laughs) If you've told me and it goes along with your program, fine. If it doesn't, fine, because I'm going to do what I need to do. These people will make me stop. Lauren in my personal life, she's my daughter, and Donata in my professional life. I have put stuff on my calendar because one or both of them, because they gang up together, y'all, I want you to know, accountability partners who know one another (laughs) will gang up on you. And you know what? I laugh 
because I know they love me. They're holding my feet to the fire. I mean, I'm going away soon. In fact, today to write on my book, Being in Living Love. And it's because Donata said, I'm sharing my screen with you right now. Let's look at your calendar. And that is how it got on my calendar. Otherwise, I would have been saying, oh, yes, yeah, a good idea. I'm going to do it. And then it would have been all of the next month and the next month. And then it would have been next year. And I still wouldn't have done it. Maybe that's not you, but I know it is for some people. So who are the people you need that will light a fire under you? Who are the people that you know they're telling you this? And it's not because you don't want to disappoint them. It's because they love you and you love them. And the last thing is do something special and unusual to reward yourself because you're growing muscles. You're growing muscles that maybe have atrophied or you never strengthened to take care of yourself. The muscles that will help you stand for yourself. The muscles that will help you speak, the abdominal muscles. You know, you got to have a strong foundation in order to speak for yourself. This will help you with those muscles. I really, really hope that you will listen to this and that you will start doing it more. Some of you is doing it at all. <laughs> but some of you, yeah, I do it in some areas of my life. But remember, we're talking about all five. Physically, uh-huh. emotionally, mm-hmm. intellectually, mm-hmm. psychologically, and then spiritually. So as you're building muscles across the board for all of them, you know, make it a special moment. Celebrate. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to celebrate before you do it so that when you do it, you can be excellent at the celebration. (laughs) If you do that, I promise you there's a hug in your future. I'm asking you to hug yourself, to find others who will hug you. And I'm not talking about just physically, but who will hug you physically, emotionally, intellectually, psychologically, and spiritually. And then if you can't find somebody else who will hug you, hit me up, boo-boo, because you know I have a hug for you. There's a hug in your future if you want one. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.